0: Sunday in Advent, we're building bridges. Jesus, the Messiah, Emmanuel, is the bridge. And we've looked at a variety of different ways to to create a picture of that. And we're in Psalm 126 today uh, because we're going to discover that Emmanuel, Jesus Christ himself, the with us one, walks across the bridge of life and time with us. So I turn your attention to Psalm 126. If you were here the first Sunday of Advent, we, we recognize that Jesus, Emmanuel, holds the tensions of lament and hope together. We, last week, we, we recognized that Jesus uh, carries us through times of chaos and treachery as the bridge. Today, I'd like for us to learn, and you're going to have to help me get into this, and I'll explain it as we get going that as we walk and travel from past to present to future, Jesus walks with us all the time. (laughs) Psalm 126 is a psalm of ascent. The people of God were returning to Jerusalem out of captivity from Babylonian times, and they sang this amazing, joyful song. This was a a worship song that in fact they sang and they were ascending the steps of the Temple Mount in the city of Jerusalem and here's how the song goes beginning at verse 1 when the Lord brought back the captives to Zion we were like men and women who dreamed our mouths were filled with laughter our tongues with songs of joy Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them, the Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. So if you can imagine being separated from home for a long period of time, years in fact, and now you get to return home to your place of worship, the house of God, this this location where God resides, you haven't been there for months, And you're being led by the priest up the steps to the worship center, what would your hearts be like? Joy. We're returning. We're coming home. Total joy. So, as we build bridges this Advent season, this is a bridge that carries us from our remembered, joyful past to our joyful future hope on the far side, and yet we recognize there are times when we cross the bridge where we get stuck right in the middle and we wonder where God is. So I want you to uh, get in your car with me for a minute, if you don't mind, and uh, imagine leaving the sanctuary, getting into your car, and we're going to head north on, on the 57. You're in your car, heading north on the 57. It took us about 10 minutes to get there. We're headed north on the 57, and we're moving along pretty good. Some of us are driving the speed limit like myself. That's what I always do. Some of you are driving 10 miles an hour below the speed limit, irritating the rest of us some of you are driving 10 or 15 miles an hour over the speed limit really irritating the rest of us and it doesn't take us very long before we reach a bridge a bridge that go over something treacherous or chaotic something that just needs to be navigated safely and in the middle of the bridge and this would never happen in southern california but imagine with me everybody on the bridge all of our cars coming to a screeching halt because there's an accident that would never ever happen i'll never remember don and i were uh we weren't even married yet we went to uh friends who just had gotten married in uh in pittsburgh pennsylvania not in pittsburgh but in pennsylvania and we were coming home, driving through Chicago, middle of the rush hour, we were in the left-hand lane, Uh, I believe Don was driving, going perhaps slightly over the speed limit. (laughs) I might have been driving, I don't know, I can't remember. Anyway, all of a sudden, right in front of us, traffic comes to a screeching halt, downtown Chicago. We have to lock our brakes up to avoid hitting the car right in front of us. And, the mo- and that wasn't the scary moment. Do you remember this, sweetheart? That was not the scary moment. The scary moment was we're in the fast lane, the left-hand lane totally stopped, and everybody else to our right lane still going the flow of traffic. And we were trying to figure out, A, how to stay alive, B, how to get around the traffic that had stopped right in front of us in such a manner that we could pick up enough speed before the semi that was approaching us very quickly in our rear view mirror. Well, we managed to navigate that successfully, as you can tell, and we moved around them and we completed our trip. And we eventually arrived home, Barrington, Illinois. We're going to take somewhat of a a journey like that this morning because the psalmist takes us on a very similar journey. Uh, Psalm 126, first three verses are are very, very clear. It's 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 a verse in a song or a poem of great joy. And the joy comes from being able to return to Jerusalem as they remember the great works that God has done for them in history past. The things that God had done for them that's beyond their wildest imaginations. I mean, they wouldn't even have thought that God would be able to do some of the things that God was able to do. And those phenomenal remembrances established them in that moment. So we're going to travel to this Advent Bridge and we're going to stop at these three locations. Past, present on the bridge, future hope. Does that sound cool? Because when we stop at these three locations, I think we're going to get a better feel how Emmanuel, God with us, is always Emmanuel, God with us. It's kind of a Christmas carol. Remember that movie, The Christmas Carol? It's the joy of Christmas past. It's the joy of Christmas present. It's the joy of Christmas yet to come. You see, the first three verses in Psalm 126 really take the people of God and help them remember the provision of God in their past. Remember rightly and well. Do you remember God's provision? It was beyond your wildest dreams. No one can think this stuff up. And the people of God shouted loudly together as they ascended the steps to Jerusalem. They said, Joy! Joy! Thanks be to you, God. Thanks be to you because you delivered your people from Egyptian oppression and the oppression that comes from, make more bricks. You've been restored. Let me do that again. You've been restored. My, my voice is cracking at age 55. Why? Because God has never left them. They were restored from Babylonia. Babylonian captivity and brought once again to the steps of the temple in Jerusalem. Why? God never left them. They provided, God provided the the Davidic and Messianic line all the way from David to Jesus. Why? God never left them. God never left them. God has never left them. Emmanuel is always with them. Joy, joy, joy. Thank you. And not only has God never lefted them, God never left Placentia Presbyterian Church. Think about your history in in Christmas past and and, and relish the joy of that. Long pastored ten years, over 107 years, and still counting. Why is this important? It's important because God was with us. Stable and faithful, giving membership. This is important. This is joy, joy, joy. God's with us. A soup kitchen, 30 years young. God's with us. Joy. His house, a homeless shelter, two homes, maybe a third. God's never left us. God is still with us. Joy, joy, joy. Charity's closet, $1.7 million raised. Still going strong. This is important. God was with us. God is with us. Joy, joy, joy. Food distributions. El Cazal. Vizcaino, Nueva Vida. The bridge ministry. This is important. Why? God's still with us. God's never left us. I need your help. Joy, joy, joy. Let's do it again. Joy, joy, joy. Now put a smile on your face and really mean it. Joy, joy, joy. Thank you very much. That makes me feel much better. Children's ministry, youth ministry, music ministry, all stable. This is important. God is with us. Joy, joy, joy. Yeah. Emmanuel walks with us across the bridge, but it's important. We always have to remember God's provision in the past. It's so easy. So simple to forget. Because when we remember God's provision in the past, and time begins to march on through the, oh my cookies, Alfredo. the the centuries and the millenniums. We find ourselves in 2017 and the world starts to change and change so quickly. We find ourselves screeching to a halt. Our minds and brains and bodies and organizations dizzy with this primary question, are we living in exile? Are, Are our heads spinning because we've done something wrong or has the world just simply changed? Is God still with us? We must remember God is always with us. That is the promise of God. And yet in the midst of Christmas present, there are tears. And in the midst of those tears, we listen to those tears because they have stories to tell us that are important to hear. Ways in which God will engage our world in new ways that are beyond our wildest dreams again. The text is interesting at this point. Chapter uh, 126, verse 4, is the promise. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. In the Negev. Yet those of us who are stopped in traffic and sow tears, may we reap songs of joy To to the ones of us who are weeping, weeping right now, stopped in the last lane of traffic, wondering if God is in fact with us. We weep here, yet please carry us forward so that our seed will sow and we will return with songs of joy. You catching that in in the text? It's pretty strong. So here we are, 2017. There are probably some tears in Christmas present. And yet the psalmist, in his infinite ability to write just a good jingle... A worship song with repetitive words by the way joy 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 <laughs> that was fun for me we are asked by God to sow in tears but not in tears of despair tears that are upheld at the foundations of a strong memory that propel us forward to a very powerful future hope. Why? Because God is always with us. God will never leave us. God will complete his promises, and we will all shout joy, joy, joy. So in these moments of tears, there is this powerful moment in Advent in 2017 where we're chided, we're exhorted, we're we're called to remember this amazing Christmas word called Emmanuel, which means God with us. I'm super glad my mom and dad are here today. Well, they're not quite sure what I'm going to say now, so they may not be quite so glad it's a good thing uh, i'll never forget let me tell you two brief stories because i think i think it's a great metaphor for right at this moment on our emmanuel bridge uh, 6 weeks ago i had don and i had the opportunity to for the first time at 2:30 in the morning which is way past late middle-aged people's bedtime hold in our hands for the first time our granddaughter right and one of the things that just blew me away once again was how big my hand looked and, and how small her hand looked and I started remembering what it was like to be a kid again I had to dust off the cobwebs to remember what it was like to be a kid again and as I looked at her hand in my hand I'll never ever forget my little hand being held by the hand of my dad you know, I've told you this story before, but my dad, when I was a little kid, my dad would, would take my hand, and I'd like to think it was only my hand, but I'm pretty sure he did it with my other two brothers too, even though in my mind I'm certainly, I certainly want to believe I was more special. <laughs> but my dad would, we'd be going to all kinds of different places, and my dad would do two things. He'd wink at me, and then he'd take my hand, and he'd, he'd grab my hand. You remember this, Pops? He'd take my hand, and we had this little thing where he'd squeeze my hand a couple times. He'd go jujute. And he wouldn't stop jujuting my hand until I reciprocated. And that became the game. Uh, It didn't matter where we were going, if it was time to get out of the car, because we had arrived, more often than not, at the baseball diamond, at the hockey rink, or at the golf course, and once in a while at the football stadium. Uh, Very rarely, if ever, the shopping center for groceries. Once in a while, he took my hand because I was in trouble, but that's another story, and it wrecks, it wrecks the mood of where I'm actually headed. So my dad would take my hand, and we'd, we'd be walking through life. And he'd grab my hand, and he'd squeeze it a couple times, and he'd say, he wouldn't have to say anything because I knew what he meant. I'm with you. Your mom and I got you. We love you. It's going to be Okay. You're not alone. That's Emmanuel. That's Emmanuel. When we get stuck in traffic on the bridge. We went to a hockey game last night. My dad's a a couple of years older, as am I now. Mom's not older at all. I just know who bakes cookies in the family, and I want to keep that rolling in. My dad can't see really well, and so navigating stairs and curbs is difficult, and the irony now of me grabbing my dad's hand. And... Deb, I got you, man. We're in this together. You're not alone. You're loved. I'm with you. That's Emmanuel. That's the power of this word, Emmanuel. With you. Got you. Never leaving you. You can count on me, Emmanuel." And yet when you're stuck in traffic and things are chaotic, you sow in tears and you bring your prayers of petition. You know, so even in the midst of our cultural scenario of racism, God's still here. In the midst of our cultural situation, yeah, there's sexual abuse that's now bringing justice for women. God's still here. In the midst of immigration and its complexities, God's still here. Nuclear war threatens, God's still here. Polarized politics that impact our life together, yes, even in the church, God's still here. Sexual identity, God's still with us. Government, social, familial overspending, God's still with us. From respect in the public forum to contempt in the public forum, somehow God's still here. When we live in a culture that's suspicious of everyone and everything, God's still here. I got your hand. You don't need to fear. I'm with it, and I'm with you. And it's not just the cultural context. The church maybe has hit the skids as well. In the midst of pastoral transitions over the years, God's still got PPC. In a culture that pushes the church further and further to the edges, and we seem to be losing our influence, now God's still with us. Never left, always going to be here. And we have folks that are passing away and moving away or aging away or opting out. You know what, friends? God's still here. The neighborhood's changing ethnically. Less and less people in culture don't attend church. God's with us. God never leaves town. Emmanuel. Yeah, different worship styles, all that stuff. Emmanuel. God's with us. Emmanuel. The power of the past cements in our memory the driving promise of God that is always towards a future hope. And when we get stuck, when we hit the skids, when we think it's all over, Emmanuel, I'm with you, I got you. God's still here. Because when we do that, now we're propelled to a future hope future hope, dream new dreams, new possibilities. The text says that whatever we sow in tears, we reap in joy. The word joy happens in the six verses four times. Even though we're not sure, we remember. Even when we think He's not there, we remember. Even when we sow in tears and reap in difficult times, It'll still be joy, joy, joy. Why? Emmanuel, 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 right? Hold on, technical difficulties. Emmanuel, please. Well, this is really fun. Never mind. New possibilities in the future. Both within culture and within the church. What I find fascinating in this move is that even though all the things that I've just articulated as I walk across the stage are true, there's new leaders stepping up. New leaders stepping up with new call and new passion and new ways to Emmanuel in the world today. That, yeah, they may be different. Yeah, they may be slightly frightening to us. But it's still Emmanuel, God with us, right here, right now, today. You see it? You see any of those places? I know I do. What some people perceive as scarcity, we perceive as abundance. Why Emmanuel? While some are fearful, others are faithful. Why? Emmanuel. While some are ready to look back to the nostalgic past, many others are blazing a faithful trail of faith. And we're ready to cross this bridge. Why? Emmanuel. Yeah, multicultural, intercultural, multigenerational, intergenerational, Christ at the center, always, always, always. Why? Emmanuel, God's with us. Never left us, never will leave us, always going to be here. I mean, we're developing clear pathways for those who aren't here yet. We're turning this church from a social club that looks only in to, to a mobilized and empowered and unleashed unleashed group of people that love the neighborhood in such a way that peace and justice kiss and embrace in the center of Bradford Avenue. Why? Emmanuel. Isn't that a great word, Emmanuel? I just want to encourage you to sit with that word, Emmanuel, for a week. Heck, two weeks. What does it mean for God to be with us? In the joy, in the sorrow, in the bewilderment, in the frustration, in the misplaced expectation, in the loneliness, in the fear. Those words melt away because of a man you well. God did it. God's still doing it. God's going to get it done. Emmanuel, joy, joy, joy. Let's pray. lot of cool words. May they be more than just words, God. May they have a transforming effect. May words go deep into our soul. May they germinate. (laughs) May they may they germinate and grow roots that go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper because your story is so much bigger than this moment in time. So we say thank you to what we remember in the past. We bring our prayers of petition and tears to you because we know, we know beyond a reasonable doubt because it's happened time and time and time and time again. You work in all things good for those who are called according to your purpose. Build that bridge of Emmanuel in our life today. May it be so. Amen.